you know, I always feel, I think for the people that are left behind, there's always this feeling of, could we have done something to save this life? Could I have said something? Could I have noticed something earlier that it was already so bad? Didn't I pay attention? Why did this happen? Why? So I hope for everyone listening and, you know, I think it's so important to check in with other people and to really ask, keep asking questions. Are you okay? Are you really okay? And when you are not okay yourself, that you are courageous enough to share and to also then seek out, seek out help, professional help. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back. If we haven't met before, great to meet you. My name is Aaron. We tap into the stories of some of the world's most successful people, and not just successful people, ordinary people too, to understand what made them who they are and how they are collectively making our world a better place. If you're looking for dopamine, inspiration, new knowledge, or actions that you can take today to become a better future self, you have come to the right place. To learn more about us, you can head over to our website, www.transformativepurpose.com. And please don't forget to follow, rate, and share if you enjoy our content. Everything you see here is run by myself and a small team, and we'll really appreciate it. And last but not least, our mission is to build a global community to inspire. Enjoy. Good day, everybody, and thank you for coming back to listen to the Transformative Purpose, a podcast to help you become a better future self together. Today, I'm so excited because I'll be speaking to a podcast veteran in Hong Kong. I'm talking about none other than Regina Lako. Regina is a household name in Hong Kong and has been doing her podcast since 2017 with her co-host all around the globe. She successfully built a global community with her podcast, raising awareness about social issues, from female entrepreneurs to urban farming, homelessness, refugees, mental health, and much more. Today, Regina and I are going to talk about a range of topics, including how to break out of the imposter syndrome. Do you ever have doubts about your own abilities and achievements? And is this self-limiting thought impacting you from reaching your potential? Welcome, Regina. Welcome to Transformative Purpose. Hi, Aaron. What an honor to be on your podcast. I'm so excited about seeing you and speaking with you today. I've got to thank, I think before we start, we've got to thank Vincent Su. I spoke to Vincent Su in our 12th episode, and he strongly recommended that we should meet and do a podcast together. And here we are. Ah, <laughs> oh, shout out to Vince. He is awesome. I had him on Hashtag Impact podcast as well many years ago. I'm just always so happy to see how, how small mm -hmm. Hong Kong is yeah. in the end. Right? How we all connected. Tell us about you. Who is Regina? Why are you doing your podcast? <laughs> Who is Regina? How much time do you have, Aaron? Oh. As much time as you want. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where should I even begin? You know, I'm originally from Vienna, and I ended up in, in China 12 years ago, actually, because mm. I... I'm a China studies major. That was mm. my passion when I was in university. I really wanted to master how to speak Mandarin. And mm. that brought me to China. And it eventually also brought me 
here where I am today running my own podcast business. It started as a passion project around five years ago in my bedroom, my small bedroom with great audio sound quality. I did my first recordings and I really started this podcast because I wanted to surround myself with people that could inspire me, change makers that I felt were not really getting enough media coverage. I always was looking for these kind of stories, but I couldn't really find them. Mm. So I felt mm. motivated to start my own show. And yeah, mm. fast forward five years and now I'm working with brilliant, talented creators all over the world to help them bring their podcast dreams to life as well. Wow, so terrific. Maybe you can help me out with mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing great, Aaron. What are you talking about? But yes, of course, you're very welcome to join our community because that's what I've also seen when I'm working within these group settings as well with these podcasters. It's really nice to mm -hmm. speak to other people that are doing, even if they're broadcasting in other areas and topics, like other podcasters really get the struggles and hurdles and challenges when it comes to you know, growing an audience and putting yourself out there with your voice. It's very daunting and it takes a lot of courage. And in that way, we can all, I think, support each other to keep doing that because it's important. I really admire a lot of work that you do. Why did you pick audio or podcasts as a medium to communicate the message as opposed to maybe a lot of, you know, people might choose YouTube over the audio channel. Just wondering, you know, why did you pick podcasts? I always loved audio as even as a child, I loved listening to audio stories. I loved listening to the radio. And what I loved about it was that when I would listen to these stories, I felt as if I was really part of that conversation, even though I only listened. I felt mm -hmm. as if I was sitting right at the table when someone was having a conversation. I felt like I was eavesdropping on some really intimate conversations. And I thought that was really powerful. And it is powerful because, mm -hmm. it, yeah, you know, now the listener that is tuning in today, they don't get distracted by any other visuals. When I hear someone else speak for the first time on a podcast, in a way, I always try to imagine how they look. Like I try to put a, you know, I'm thinking, does this person, is it a tall person or a short person? What kind of hair color or skin color does that person have? But I make that person up in a way that I think it would be perfect. So in my mm. imagination, when I listen, I'm imagining this person in a way I want that person to be. And in that way... I feel closer to that person. Mm. Maybe your listener right. experiences that now as well as they listen. I, I hope seeing my face in real life has not disappointed you so far. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't. Uh, but have yeah. you noticed that? I mean, when you first only hear a podcast and you really don't know how that host looks or that guest yeah. looks, it's always uh -huh. quite interesting when you then look yeah, them up. It, it does help yeah. with imagination. Speaking about you know, radio channels and whatnot i would share with you you know something that i haven't shared with uh, people before it's one of my favorite radio channels when i was uh, back in australia so i lived in australia for about 10 years so when i was driving in solitude just by myself I, I used to listen to this radio channel it kind of goes like this right welcome to 106.5 this is love song dedication <laughs> 
and they will play, <laughs> and they will play at ten thirty every evening from Monday to Friday. So usually when I whenever I'm upset, I'll take my car for for a little drive, and that's the that is that's the channel that I will listen to. <laughs> I can so relate to that, Aaron, because that's. I think that's also the power of the medium of audio is that you feel a very deep connection and、mm. it makes you feel even in the moments when you might feel alone or overwhelmed or whatever it is you're going through. As you're listening to that other voice, even if it's、mm. a stranger, you feel that connection to、yeah. someone else out there, even if it's in the middle of the night and no one else is awake. I. I mean, the podcasts have kept me sane. For example, during my motherhood journey, <laughs> when I was like, you know, sleepless nights, and then up in the middle of the night, and then finally my baby falls back asleep, and now I'm wide awake. I know、mm. you can relate, Aaron, right? Yeah, I don't know how so, you do it. I'm struggling with、yeah. two, <laughs> and you have three. Podcasts. That's how I. That's how I survive. The、yeah. podcasts keep me sane. It, it, that goes for my entrepreneurial journey as well. <laughs> Did you used to listen to podcasts before you started? I only started listening to podcasts after I started my own podcast. Really? That's、yeah. so interesting. <laughs> I think that's very uncommon, Aaron. Oh, really? I think a lot of people, yeah, at least the people I work with are usually very heavy podcast listeners,、yeah. and I was too. I was too, and for you, it was the other way around. Oh、mm. my God! Now I would really be intrigued to hear what what did you got you started then. I know COVID has impacted a lot of people. You know, it's caused lives, and people got sick, and、uh, some of their friends and families might have passed away because of the, you know, global pandemic. But for me, I think I really took this time to really reflect and try to learn something that I didn't have the chance to. I I really value the the additional time that I've had with my family. So that was for me that was a plus. And during these two years, I just try to learn things that I didn't know. And I think just by doing that, it has opened up a new world for for myself. So I, for example, I wrote a couple of books in the last two years. I started my podcast. I try to learn how to do the photo shoot. I try to learn how to edit videos and audios. I think for me, just a, ser- a serendipity moment, right? During our life, we're gonna have ups and downs. We can't really control things that are outside of our control. But I think we can always work on our mind. And try to do something positive to really be that change in the world. Just like yourself, I believe you saw a lot of social issues five years back, right? And no one is doing enough enough for them. And you decided to, you know, voice out and speak up and make an impact globally. And look at where you now. Yeah, but wow, that's I mean, that's very impressive that you really took that step to learn all these new skills. Wow, that's amazing. I'm just, I'm sure. I need I'm to read those the, books. I, I picked up something that you wrote on social media. So it was the World Mental Health Day about a couple of weeks ago, and I read that mental wellness, mental health, is a topic that you have a lot of passion for, and you one once lost someone because of that. Could you could you share that story with me? It's a story I haven't really talked about publicly on a podcast before. I wrote about it. Yeah, in a few interviews, written interviews, and on my newsletter as well, I had a moment where I shared about that in a written form. But now I'm getting a little bit insecure because I haven't really put it in words, I guess, publicly and said it out loud. And it's something that has become, I guess, even more painful and brought up a lot of painful memories. What happened? I'm sure. 
to my uncle a few years back. It was before we moved to Hong Kong, so it was around eight years ago. He had depression and he took his life. And it was, I think, one of these, you know, moments when you get that call. And I was living in Beijing at that time. You know, the moment I received that message, it was my dad's wife. She called me and I heard instantly in her voice. I mean, how powerful is it, right? The voice is so powerful. Mm, Every mm, time I pick up the mm, phone, my family calls me. I know instantly mm, is something up. Is everything okay? So she mm -hmm. called me and I knew something was very, very wrong. I think she was also very insecure about how do you bring this message to someone so far away, right? I remember her saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's it's okay, everything's okay, but everything's okay, just talk to your dad. And then she handed over the phone. I think she kept saying, it's okay, it's okay to calm herself down. And then my dad gave me this message that his younger brother had killed himself. And mm. it, I get goosebumps just saying it because it's something when tragedy like this strikes, in your home, in your family, with friends. It's something that never leaves you, right? It's mm. something you live with. Mm. And it's really, really hurtful to know that so many people are suffering, many of them in silence. And it's just something that we, I think, should talk more about, even though it's hard, you know, even though I don't mm. find proper words. Yeah. And it's... Unfortunately, something that uh, recently I experienced again with one of my close friends in Vienna taking his life. And that just, you know, I always feel, I think for the people that are left behind, mm -hmm. there's always this feeling of, could we have done something to save this mm -hmm. life? Yeah. Could I have said something? Could mm -hmm. I have noticed something earlier that it was mm. already mm. so bad mm -hmm. you know didn't i pay attention mm. why did this happen why uh, so i hope for everyone listening and you know i think it's so important to check in with, with other people and to really ask keep asking questions are you yeah. okay are yeah. you really okay when you are not okay yourself, that you it's are okay to share. courageous enough to share and to also then seek out, seek out help, professional mm. help. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing these two beautiful stories. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think very often we, on a service, someone might seem that they're doing okay, but very rarely we, we ask that really, you know, that deeper question, you know, whether they are actually in fact doing, doing okay. And very often, you know, we wait until we're in that most desperate moment, we decide to do something different in our life, right? But by then it might be, you know, it might be too late. We already lost someone. We'll be waiting, waiting to tell that someone that we really, really love them. We might not have that chance anymore, right? I agree with you 100% just by, you know, each of us doing a little more, just being a little bit more human. I think that's going to help bring more, you know, humanity back into our world. And thank you for sharing those beautiful stories. And uh, I'm sure mustn't have been easy for you going through, you know, two episodes of, of personal struggles. 
But you know, by openly sharing, hopefully more listeners can hear about this and they can also become more aware of this and, you know, ask the people around them whether they are doing okay. You know, in particular, you know, in the situation that we're currently in now has impacted a lot of people. It's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, and what it, you know, when this tragedy strikes, what is the, how should I call it? Like what actually inspired me then going through this myself was to see how people come together after this and how families and friends even also become closer. And even the distance that we might feel during during the pandemic with not being able to see each other as much, yeah. how even in these moments of really deep grief and loss, there is a lot of love and beauty around it in the way that then people take care of each other. And that is again, you know, the, the little inner child of me who was always, you know, very idealistic about the world, believing in the good and the transformative power, you know, as you, as your passion is as well. There is something really powerful Mm. when we allow ourselves to connect with each other in that way and be open with each other. And even in the darkest times to have these conversations and face loss together and, and learn how to live with it. And I think that's such a powerful way of looking at a crisis, right? We can't really change the past, but we can try to give it context, you know, give it meaning uh, and try to improve upon them, right? So you're a proud mother of three. Tell me about your parenting experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. The parenting. When I, Woke up the first morning as a new mom. I didn't really woke up. I mean, I was up anyway, right? I mean, there's not a lot of sleep you get uh, the day or the night after your child is born and the months and years following that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think you just worry there about is something. Yes, exactly. But there is definitely something very eye-opening, mind-blowing, and shocking about the moment you become a parent for the first time Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. all the things you have read to prepare yourself, all the things you have seen and heard from other people, once you are living through it yourself, you kind of ask yourself, why did no one ever honestly share with me how it really is to wake up after or to how to go through the first week after having given birth to a child. And that was around for me, that was around six years ago. And I remember this first phase of being a new mom, of just being utterly overwhelmed, totally out of my comfort zone. I was so shocked that I had thought that I had prepared myself so much. I did all the courses. I read all the books. I Mm -hmm. did everything what I thought was what I was supposed to do and to know. And then I I just thought, oh, my God, my life is over in a sense Mm -hmm. that I understood my life as it was, was over and I naively thought I would just continue living my life the way I lived it before, just with a little baby in the carrier. And that was also, you know, I mean, that is a different kind of grief, but there was a grief around the person that I felt I no longer could be because just now all my attention had to be 
put on this little human and making sure it survives. It, this whole responsibility of being responsible for this little person, it really overwhelmed me. And I'm happy to say that I really grew up <laughs> and I grew into the role step by step. Yeah. And even though it was, I think, one of the hardest year I've gone through, the first year as a new mom, I continued having more children because I did love the experience as yeah. well of yeah. seeing this little person grow up. So I have three little children now, and they are so great teachers. So I was going to say, if you already had it tough, the first one, and you still, you still decided to have your second and a third one, you're either crazy or you must really love kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think a little bit of both, I guess, a little bit of both. I mean, it's the best gift, you know, I'm just so grateful that they are here. And I know it's at times frustrating as well, because I, I feel often... You know, you mentioned imposter, right? This imposter syndrome. I often feel that also around motherhood. Like I mm. ask myself, I'm, you know, talking to you about parenting and that I got it all under control and that I'm a great mm -hmm. mom. But there are still moments. I mean, every phase comes with different challenges. And I mean, this will just keep going. When I talk to my friends that have teenage kids, <laughs> then they're oh, saying yeah. like, just wait and see, just wait yeah. and see what you're going to be worrying about then. So I'm doing it. I'm living it. But at the same time, of course, there are moments where I'm standing under the shower crying, thinking, am I doing this right? Am I really mm -hmm. a good mother? I'm, mm -hmm. I think. I could do better. What am, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know whether this What's... helps, but one thing that I keep brainwashing myself is that there's no such thing as perfect parent. I think yeah, um, all the parents just can just strive to become a better parent each day, to learn about mm -hmm. the things that they have done you know, that day and try to improve upon them. Everything you said really resonates, right? I learned about sex education at school, how easy it could be to get someone pregnant, but schools never taught us how to be, be a parent. <laughs> I think they skipped the most important part. <laughs> That's such a good point. There should be parenting classes. And I mean, there are these, there are these classes that you take before. Yeah, that's funny, actually. I mean, let's talk about these antenatal courses, right? It's all yeah. about just bringing this kid to life. And of course, that's important, right? I mean, that mm -hmm. is important. But then what comes next like once you the kid is there and then it starts growing and it's all of a sudden it starts to speak and it starts to mm. speak back like when the real i think parenting begins is you know the first i think the first year is so much about the nurture and just to keep them really keep them safe because they're so fragile as well especially the first few months when they're so tiny and it's really just about like giving them love and giving them food and, and, and making sure they are, they're well taken care of. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't drop them. You know, I mean, I remember when they're so tiny in the beginning and it's just like, Oh my God, I'm so afraid I'm going to drop this baby. Right. But then what comes, then when the parenting kicks in, when you have to, you know, set boundaries, you have to be role modeling for them, modeling for the values that you want to give them. I mean, that's when it really, mm. that's when it really gets very challenging at times as well. Also in the, within the partnership, I think you and your mm. partner, because sometimes there might be things that 
your partner sees different than you. And mm. then you also have to learn how to negotiate that and set like your common boundaries and limits for the family. And that can be, ah, oh, that's a whole new set of challenge that I didn't really anticipate. My uh, eldest kid is only uh, two and a half. So I'll be coming to you for advices. <laughs> Oh, no, don't come to me for advice. I, I said, I actually said that recently. I gave my, one of my friends is going to have a baby very soon. And I gave her uh, some advice, well-meant advice. And then as I sent the message, I sent her another follow-up note saying, and actually never listen to any advice that doesn't feel right for you. You know, mm. when there is anything I just said that feels not aligned with what you want, your kid to teach or how you what kind of parent you want to be then just forget mm. it don't listen to anyone in the yeah. in the end you have to live it you make your rules you make yeah. your rules Aaron you got that. yeah this world is full of opinions too, too mm. many opinions uh, from my opinion <laughs> we we touched on imposter syndrome already and I just wanted to dig a bit deeper and ask you the, the follow-up question with imposter syndrome from your experience and you know you've done so many podcasts and you've spoken to so many different people with many different interesting conversations you have had do you see this imposter syndrome affecting women more than men sort of marginalized communities uh, more so than than the majority what what are your thoughts on that and for people who think they might be suffering from imposter syndrome what advice would you give to these people mm. Didn't you share some really, really amazing stats with me beforehand? Or is this going to come up <laughs> later on? Because I think that really showcases that of all the, and now I, I don't know the exact number anymore, but there is this number of all these thoughts that we're having in a day, the majority of them, the, the thought that are, are running in our head, there are, the majority are negative ones when we are talking ourselves down and doubting ourselves. And that is something totally natural when you're looking at psychology, because that's just the brain trying to keep us safe. It always wants to keep us where we are to keep us safe. And whenever we are out of our comfort zone, you know, like all of a sudden you are a new parent. You've never done this before. All of mm -hmm. a sudden you're starting your own company. You've never done this before. You're starting your own podcast. You've never done this before. This is something that pushes your brain to tell you danger, danger. Don't do yeah. that. Don't go there. This is new. This is scary. This is not going to work. Don't do it. Don't do it. You can't do that. And that's really annoying annoying about this inner voice of ours that keeps pushing these self-doubts on us. So to answer your question, I think everyone faces that. Everyone mm. faces that, no matter if you, what gender you are or what, what nationality or, or race you are, it doesn't matter. If you are a human, you're facing these doubts. But mm. I think there is definitely something what happens with our maybe societal conditioning, how we grow up, what we see within our own, yeah, just environment, how we grow up, that we would be how we deal with these <laughs> thoughts in our head and our inner voice doubting our own greatness, really. Yeah, that we are capable, that we are resilient, that we can put ourselves out there with something new and try something we've never tried before. You know, I mean, I guess that goes a bit back also to the 
also to the mental health topic, I think there are a lot of people silently overplaying their own doubts that they maybe have inside and mm -hmm. they don't address them and they let mm -hmm. everyone else think that they got it all under control and they are confident mm -hmm. and they can handle this. But inside, mm -hmm. of course, they might also face these, these Insecurity. massive insecurities. It's just up to all of us to kind of make a decision of how do we want to tackle that and how mm. what kind of relationship do we want to start having with our own inner imposter syndrome or that inner voice that keeps sending negative thoughts our way as well yeah i do get imposter syndrome from time to time and the way i look at it is at least for myself i don't think it's a bad thing for for me because it keeps me on the ground basically to live in that reality and i think having having two children really changed my life a lot and it sounds like that had the same impact to you too especially and i've shared this uh, publicly i've had an episode with my my older son back in april 2019 a few days before he turned three months old so he he, he suffocated i didn't know what to do but he, he basically made it so and i'm glad he made it through because um, literally during those five minutes i literally thought you know i killed him because i was just trying to get a stuff out from his mouth and i just couldn't do anything so scary the more people open up about these issues i think the the more common ground we can can discover with all the people around us so what about your children? You know, you mentioned you, you started your podcast five years ago, right? Was your podcast related to like your children? My first child taught me to relook at the world, the ideal world, sort of from their eyes. If I were my son looking at me, how can I become a better father, right? What do I need to become in order to be that person that he can look up to in 10 years, 20 years time? And you know, while we still have time, you know, on this planet, how can we possibly influence the world so that they will be living in a better place? And because one of the things that we're already seeing is that we are more digitally connected than ever with anyone. We're doing podcasts virtually now. We don't have to physically sit in the same room to have this conversation. But as you mentioned, the human touch, the human con connections has lost. So just want to hear from you the impact of the children on, on your life and is your podcast related to, to it? by any means? Definitely. When I started to research the podcast, my firstborn was around like half a year old. That's when I really seriously started to consider starting a podcast. I had thought about it before, but that was the time when I, you know, I started to buy some books on it. No, actually it was a gift from my friend. I didn't buy it myself, but I really started to research the topic. I started to talk about it a lot with friends and, and that's definitely a, a big driver in everything I do, my children. You know, I mean, that might sound so strange now, but I feel just by having this podcast out there with the stories that inspire me that are hopefully gonna you know stay in some kind of online cloud forever and ever <laughs> right the legacy mm -hmm. yeah. but 
I feel <laughs> if I because you never know what happens, right? If if for some reason I would not be here anymore tomorrow, then my children would always have all these conversations. They would have my voice to listen to, even if I would not be there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to get that dark and say, like, you know, what if I'm going to die tomorrow? But even, even let's say I am here, right? And then they get to listen to these conversations in, like, 30 years' time when they are the age I am now. How wonderful mm -hmm. is that to then have something to go back to and say... Oh, that was interesting. That's what you've been doing when we were in kindergarten. Oh, that's, that's fun. And th there are a few mentions of them. Of course, I mean, they come up, right? I mean, right now they are part of the conversation. So in that sense, I feel that besides the social impact I want to make with the podcast, there is a very personal impact that I feel I, I get to make with it as well for our family. Yeah. You know, I had my mom on the show, a beautiful conversation. Oh, did you? Yeah. Me and my husband, we've been talking the longest time about finally doing an episode together, but we just always, always really tricky with times. So we haven't made it happen yet. Uh -huh. My family and my children, of course, they are part of what I'm building because they are my support system. So they play a big role in mm. it. So it's almost yeah. this beautiful symbiosis, you know, of inspiration and mm. feeling inspired by them. And I'm hoping to inspire them with the stories I share once they are old enough to really understand all the issues that I'm addressing. Yeah. So. And you're being such a, such a great role model to, to your children. Oh, you're sweet to say that. I hope to be that. <laughs> I hope. And you know, it's just fun as well. They coming in the home studio, right? I mean, they're, they're often here in the home office and they're speaking into the microphone and mm -hmm. they're hearing their own voice. And then it's, it's, it's really nice for them to, to, I guess, see a kind of job that wouldn't have even existed a few years back, right? I mean, self broadcasting mm -hmm. and starting your own broadcast channels. This is something that was born in. Mm -hmm. 2004, I think, was the birth year of the podcast. And before that, you had to be, you know, you had to get into a, like, into a broadcasting um, corporation. And now look at us. We're sitting in our homes, yeah. running our own shows. So democratized. Exactly. And that's very empowering, I think, for our children to see as well. Yeah. There's a famous saying, you are what you eat, right? But just... Judging from what I just heard from you, I think uh, children are how they are raised. And I think you're doing an amazing thing and touch wood whenever we are not around. It is a legacy in this, and it's a great resource for our children to tap into to, and to really understand, you know, what their parents were like and what were their values. And it's so powerful what, what you're doing. So you've talked to so many interesting people. There's so many social issues in the world, right? What is that one thing that you hope that you could address in your sort of ideal, idealistic world? In my idealistic world, I would just want everyone to start listening to these people. That's my driver as well. 
It's the stories that I get to feature and to put their voice out there and get other people inspired to listen to that as well and to start caring. I really want people mm. to start caring about about these issues. It can be overwhelming because there's just so many challenges in the world and you can, and I know that myself, I mean, that was my starting point with the podcast. I felt so disillusioned about the impact that I could make in the world because I had been working for this think tank in mainland China for five years. And then I felt, oh my God, did that even make any impact now? What am I doing? I want to change the world. Did I change it? I didn't change it. Mm. And that's something that I would really want to inspire people to do that as they are listening to other people's stories and and hear in their voice the drive and passion they have found for a topic that is close to their heart, that they would feel inspired themselves to look for something that could light this kind of passion in themselves too. It must not necessarily be that particular topic they then have heard about in the podcast, right? There's maybe a human rights activist fighting for social justice and they might not be a lawyer and they might not feel that this is a place where they can fit in, but they might start thinking about certain social issues that they had never thought about before even. And then that can trigger, I think, their own spark and their own hunger for caring about mm. something in the world and making their own little impact as well. That's such a powerful vision. And I asked this question to all of our previous podcast speakers, right? If there is one thing that you think each and every one of us should do differently today or tomorrow to make a better world, what would that one thing be? Mm. I have to repeat myself here, but listen just really listen that next conversation you have and i know it's so hard to do because we are in our head as well and you know this inner voice it's it's going all the time you're telling me a story and halfway through your story my head is already spinning with what is that interesting thing that i could add to that what could i now bring to this conversation but if we really 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 try hard to just pause and listen to that other person that's opposite us telling us their story and feeling with them and having empathy for their point of view even if we don't agree with it always that i think can really make a positive difference in the world and we don't need to be agreeable all the time right we can be disagreeable but with good intent absolutely thank you so much for spending time with me to have this beautiful conversation. I've learned so much about you. And thank you so much for openly sharing about the, you know, the two personal struggles you've had in your life. And now I think now both myself and the listeners really understand, you know, why you have such passion about uh, mental wellness and mental health. It is a real issue, particularly with, uh, with COVID. A lot of people have lost lives, lost their jobs, and a lot of people are struggling. And uh, it's okay you know, to tell others that you're not doing okay. We don't need to portray our, ourselves to be this like 
ideal person on the on the social media because every time you got you jump on Facebook, Instagram, you only see people having you know uh, traveling or you know having having a beautiful wedding. You seldom seldom see people you know posting about their their personal struggles, and I think everything you just said today that starts with each and every one of us just by listening more and really to you know check up on the people who are around us just because they are smiling and they're happy doesn't mean that they're not going through something they might be going through the darkest moment in their life and you just don't know about it so right and thank you Aaron so much for listening and even during that time with your newborn just welcoming that newborn to your family congratulations even taking the time to have that conversation with me and listening to my story it means a lot thank you so much Aaron now this this conversation is worth having thank you I'll see you next time Regina thank you so much for taking your time thank you I hope you enjoyed the chat I always say our life is very much like discovering what the next chapter is in our own book. And what we do today can change the narrative in the next chapter. Our life given by nature is short, but it's not the duration that matters. What matters more is how many meaningful things we can do and how many people we can help in our life. I hope you have gotten some inspiration and new ideas about what you can do differently today. And as you are doing it, remember to also change your ecosystem so that you can sustain it. I firmly believe our world will be a much better place if all of us are focusing on becoming a better future self together with the people we love. See you in the next episode.